The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And welcome back, everybody. Glad you are tuning in. Of course, we're not button heads with the Eclipse Awards or anything this week, so I hope we've got a lot of live listeners. Remember, if you can't catch the show or you like the show and you want to pass it along to a friend, all these shows are put on podcast pretty shortly after they are aired. So uh, feel free to uh, tell a friend you heard something you liked. I mean, this week, <clears throat> you got to keep your ear to the ground because... We are going to have the champion handicapper in the country on in Ray Arsenault. Arsenault. I'll get that right. My, my producer, A-Rod, got me all screwed up with his name. But anyhow, uh, he was a dominating winner last year. Uh, it was really cool because now you get to go to uh, the Eclipse Awards and actually get an Eclipse Award, and he was there being presented with his Eclipse Award as uh, America's uh, greatest handicapper, and uh, quite quite a thrill. Uh, I believe he's a Canadian. We'll find out a little bit more about that. He's involved in trucking logistics, but now he's involved in handicapping on a whole nother level, and uh, because Ray is going for a second win uh, as Horse Player of the Year, uh, he gets in there for a huge boost uh, should he do it back-to-back years. Uh, it's not going to be easy. Uh, he's in there against a lot of people we've had on the show before that have won the championship. Uh, Paul Maddies and uh, Michael Bajak uh, come to mind, and they're all back in the contest. So he's going to have his work cut out for him. Talked to him a little while ago. He is in Vegas right now uh, getting ready. He says he's got like reams of PPs in front of him. Uh, so we're going to uh, talk about his career. We're going to talk about his handicapping angles, I think, most importantly, because Ray unlike yours truly, does not bet favorites. And so it'll be interesting to see what angles he uses to uh, come up with his, I think he doesn't bet a horse unless it's at least four to one and certainly likes them higher. But uh, it's obviously paid off for him winning a lot of contests to get him in to the championships and now to become the handicapper of the year. All right, that's Ray Arsenal. And our, our second guest, I just caught this guy late, thanks to my friend uh, Jenny Reese, and, and it's Ron Slatter. And uh, Ron works out there for Vegas Stats, and uh, he works with somebody that you know on the national racing scene, and I'm going to let him explain that. He's out there uh, covering the uh, National Handicapping Championship, uh, and uh just happened to be next to Jenny Reese when I called her because she had my other guest's phone number and it turned out to be a bad one. So, <laughs> all right. So, anyhow, uh, Ray and Ron will be our guests tonight on the show. Uh, this was kind of sad when I read it, but, you know, there's just so many sands of time. Uh, artist Fred Stone died at the age of 87. His works hang in the White House, Buckingham Palace, 
Uh, odds are, if you're a race fan, you've got a poster of his someplace. You've obviously seen one. Fred was just unbelievable. He did a lot of these works where he would have the subject horse and then maybe would have certain highlights uh, from their past. Uh, some of their great wins blended in the background, almost in a dreamlike sequence. The, the guy was a, a fantastic artist. Uh, he... Uh, was born in St. Louis, moved to L.A. and studied art at the Otis Art Institute. Uh, just became great, started out as a commercial artist, and then all of a sudden uh, he had a transition and he just fell in love with racing and studied there and realized that each horse was an individual, started meeting the right people. The great thing about Fred Stone, and I'll tell you this, is that he supported charities throughout his career, was extremely generous. I mean, anytime I had a charity event, particularly for the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund, he would send me posters galore, and I mean Big ones, beautiful, limited edition, signed. Uh, Fred Stone was an absolute class act, and he's going to be missed, and certainly his artwork's going to be missed. Luckily, I have some of it hanging in my house. Okay, uh, Jockey of the Week. Well, how about Louis Sayez? He's returning as the leading rider by number of wins and earnings and got Jockey of the Week. He had four stake starts all on Saturday at Gulfstream, starting with a win in the $200,000 swale. Uh, guided strike power to an early lead, never looked back. Uh, he also finished second in the Holy Bull with Free Drop Billy, who put in a very strong race and finished fourth and fifth in the Forward Gale and the Dania Beach. As the leading rider by total earnings, Sayez is earned 386000 Not a bad week at the office. Currently, he's the third leading rider among all North American jockeys uh, by earnings for 2018 with $2.6 And of course, he has the leading rider at the Gulfstream Park meet with 81 wins. How about this? 30 more than the very talented Tyler Gafflione. So um, that, uh, you know, congratulations to Louis. And if you're betting Gulfstream, always take a second look at the horse that Louis Saez is on. Well, Thoroughbred Racing's Lost another good guy. He's 24 years old. Phantom on tour was euthanized at 24. Uh, he, I knew him. I watched him race as a two-year-old. As a matter of fact, I watched his mother race. I'm dating myself a little bit because don't forget, Phantom on tours 24. He was an Ohio bred. He was an Ohio bred champion, but he went on to win some big races. And uh, he was kind of the poster boy for the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. Uh, for years, he was the uh, living exhibit at the Kentucky Derby Museum. Uh, that was, uh, I think he did that for about eight years. Um, and he was just so kind. But he, he, was, he was working in the Second Chances program uh, in the uh, facility at Blackburn Correctional Institution in Kentucky. And I want to try to get Linda Dyer on, the uh, farm manager there, because it's amazing uh, – the equine therapy and, and what it does, you know, teaching the uh, the inmates uh, respect. But he was a heck of a racehorse in his day. He wasn't just an Ohio champion. He finished uh, sixth to Silver Charm in the 97 Kentucky Derby. He ended up winning 724000 He won the Rebel Stakes and the New Orleans Handicap. Uh, now, he did go to stud in 98, sad to say, turned to be infertile. He was then gelded, returned to racing, and uh, – 
just wasn't wasn't the same guy and a bunch of racing fans bought him and uh like again he uh he was the poster boy and the, the house horse at the kentucky derby an absolutely striking animal with a huge white blaze phantom on tour you will be missed well if you didn't have enough breeders cup races you do now you've got a juvenile turf sprint so it'll be on the undercard, the Juvenile Turf Sprint to the World's Championships program. Uh, looks like it's going to debut this year, of course, November 2nd and 3rd. Put that on your calendar because this year it's going to be under the Twin Spires at Churchill Downs. So uh, the, now there's going to be five juvenile races contested this year in the World Championship, and three of them are going to be on the turf so uh another addition another uh way for you to uh make a wager on the speed of a steed on the green okay well last year there was a lot of brouhaha about keeneland uh upping their takeout on certain wagers and it has been announced that keeneland is going to reduce the takeout on win, place, show, and exacta wagers for the spring meet. That starts April 6th. They say it's going to be among the lowest in North America, according to comparative rates uh, published by HANA, Horse Players Association of North America. So, uh, you know, they say that, uh, you know, Keelan's willing to be flexible. They, they tried the, uh, the higher takeout. Uh, as I recall, the numbers – we're not greeted well at the end of the meet. And uh, so good news for you handicappers. Uh, now, at the, at the racetrack this week, Unique Bella is going to be in the Santa Maria, the champion female sprinter of 2017. She scared everybody off. I think it's only like a field of four. Uh, but she's going to be stretching out. They've, his Their connections have always said that she could probably stretch out. She's a daughter of Tappet. Uh, she has been restricted to sprinting, and uh, so look for her in the Santa Maria Saturday at Santa Anita. It will be interesting to see if there's another dimension to this sensationally bred daughter of Tappet. There's going to be a, a lot of different good racing out at Santa Anita. I pulled some of it down. The fields were a little bit short, so I didn't include those in the races I'm going to cover uh, with with Ray uh, later in the show. I uh, want to thank my uh, my friend uh, Rich Ng, uh, who was with us last week. We're going to take a look at those final results here just in a minute or so, but did want to give a, a tip of the cap to Charlie Davis. He was the exercise rider for Triple Crown winner secretariat he passed away this week at the age of 78 got a chance to meet him down at uh, secretariat day down in uh, rural kentucky uh, just a really class act a great guy uh, he was born in south carolina i think about some of the horses he exercised and when you know what an era that was. Uh, the champion, Philly Quill, uh, the Belmont Stakes winner, Amberoid, and then uh, he started working for Lucian Lauren, and that's when he was the exercise rider for Reva Ridge and Secretariat. He certainly had plenty of stories to tell. So uh, 78 years old, gone but not forgotten. Well, uh, we'll take a look at some of last week's results. 
Dream Tree. If you watch my buddies on DRF.com, they they just, uh, you know, Matt and Dan could not get away from this horse. They just said, nobody's going to beat her. Normally, those guys try to beat the favorite, but Dream Team was just unbelievable. Uh, she, uh, you know, romped again. She was supposed to romp. Uh, so she'll be something to watch as, as the season goes on. Dream Tree, remember that name. Now, we talked earlier about the Swale Stakes, Strike Power. Remember, this is one of those races that's a little bit shorter, you know, but it's for three-year-olds, and a lot of good horses came out of this race uh, to go on to compete in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Strike Power was the horse that took that down, and uh, he just romped by uh Eight lengths. Well, his debut was an eight-length victory at 23, and now he proved that that was no fluke, and uh, he lived up to the hype. He's a son of Speedstown. Uh, he controlled every step of the way, wire to wire in the swale stakes, so remember that name. All right, let's go back, take a look at the races. Again, my buddy Rich Ng out there in Vegas. Uh, we did the Holy Bull points race uh, for the Kentucky Derby, a mile and a 16th at Gulfstream Park. And Rich gave two horses he thought were going to kind of be long shots, and uh, they, end, they ended up finishing 1-2 uh, in here. Uh, Audible just kicked away. It was the third race of the day for Javier Castellano. Audible bet down to 3-1, to one, another Todd Pletcher half-a-million-dollar baby, a son of Into Mischief. Remember that name, Audible, was very impressive in the Holy Bull. Free Drop Billy was in the second spot. We just threw out the Breeders' uh, Cup Juvenile race and ran very well for Dale Romans. In, in the third spot was Tiz Mischief, who uh, was another Romans trainee at 3-1. to one. Then out at Santa Anita, another Derby Points race, the Robert B. Lewis, the winner in there. Horse I liked, uh Stretching out for the first time, Lombo going long at eight to one, wire to wire from flag fall to that's all got the job done over Rich's long shot, Ayakara, who ran a very big race. Remember that that name, Ayakara, did run a big race as a son of violence. And in the third spot was Dark Vader, not Darth Vader. And then at Aqueduct, the Withers, it was uh, another race. 138th running, a lot of history to it. And the winner, no surprise here, Avery Island, uh, second in the Remsen to Catholic Boy that we'll be looking at this week. Uh, winner of the Nashua Stakes, Avery Island, Joe Bravo in the saddle for Kieran McLaughlin. In the second spot was Freezing Fire, who was sent off at 5 to 2. Third, Marconi, another 5 to 2 shot, a $2 million baby from the Pletcher Barn. All right, again, those were races I handicapped with Rich Ng. We're going to come back. We're going to be talking to Ron. Slatter, who was a late addition to the program, but he's got interesting connections out there in Vegas. So we'll be uh, picking his brain about what's going on at the uh, NTRA National Horse Players Championship. You're listening to Winning Ponies. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now, this guy is a great sport because just right off the cusp, uh, he was standing next to Jenny Reese. I called Jenny. We lost our scheduled guest, and uh, Ron Slatter said, I'll step in. Why not? As a matter of fact, Jenny Reese recommended him. I was was calling to say, Jenny, you're stuck because we lost the guest. I got you. She goes, nah, I got somebody even better, somebody you've never talked to before. Ron, welcome to Winning Ponies. Yeah, Sean, she said I was knowledgeable. What a liar. I, I'm telling you right now, you're going to find me, you're going to expose me for the fraud that I am in mere minutes over the, uh, over the course of this interview. But, I, but I'm happy to be aboard here for as long as I have any kind of cachet with you. Very good. Well, I'll try to keep my cachet swinging with, uh, with, with, with Ron Slatter. Well, Ron, first of all, um, give me what, what, what your background is. We, we need to find out who you are. Sure. No, I've uh, toiled away all over the country, uh, most recently in New York. I uh, worked for ESPN and uh, have worked for an Australian radio station owned by the racing industry. I even uh, worked three years in Australia uh, before coming back here. I've been covering racing for close to 30 years and cover races around the world. Right now, I do so for VSIN, which is Brent Musburger's new network, heard on Sirius XM Channel 204 and available at vcin.com, and so now I've done my due diligence uh, for my current bosses. But uh, <laughs> in the course of the many years, I've done uh, 10 years for the Triple Crowns, and I've covered the ARC, and uh, Breeders' Cup's going back to 07. And so I suppose, if nothing else, uh, it's I get some knowledge through osmosis being around the racetrack a lot. Well, uh, take me back. Where are you from, and how'd you get introduced to uh, racing? Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm originally from Northern California. I was born in San Rafael, north of San Francisco, grew up in Chico. Uh, my high school's claim to fame is that it produced Aaron Rodgers many years wow. after I was there. So I'm a, and his brother Jordan went there, too. So I'm no better than the third most famous person at our high school, and it's a distant <laughs> third. 
But uh, from there, uh, my dad kind of got me interested in it, although he was not a horse player, never bet on anything. But he kind of introduced me to it, as he did many other sports. And there were various ways we could watch racing on Sunday afternoons from Hollywood Park in Northern California on a television package that was brought into our hometown. But what really burnished my love of horse racing, and you'll understand this, I was 14 years old when Secretariat won the Triple Crown. And at that point, I was hooked. And from that point on, I wanted to be in on it. The fact that Jack Klugman played Oscar Madison, a horse player on the odd couple around the same time, certainly didn't hurt my thirst for knowledge in terms of horse racing. That's funny. We had a guest on last week. Perhaps you heard of her, uh, Patricia McQueen. She's kind of an expert mm-hmm. on Secretariat, and she that's how she got introduced to the sport. She was about 14 years old when Secretariat uh, won, won the Triple Crown. So back to back weeks, we've got people that were that Big Red was exposed. <laughs> of course, uh, sad to say, his exercise rider uh, uh, passed oh, away. This I know. Week. I was thinking about that. In fact, I do a weekly column for vcin.com. I also do a, a weekly podcast. I'll finish my shameless plug. Uh, tomorrow, we'll have a, a podcast based on the National Horse Players uh, Championship that we'll be previewing, and uh, you can find it at vcin.com slash podcast. It's called the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, and now I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, but as you were talking about that, I was writing about the fact that we've now lost, I think, really only Ronnie Turcotte's the last major... I suppose you'd say connection. I don't know if you call grooms and, and morning riders and all that connections, but we certainly think of them as part of the team. And Ron Turcott, I think, is the last one. I mean, I may be forgetting some other ancillary names, but all these familiar faces have all passed on. You know, we lost Penny a couple of years ago. And now uh, we're, yeah, you know, it's just Ronnie. And, uh, you know, I see him every year at the Arlington Million because he's always there for the Secretariat Stakes. And, uh, man, I, I just, I hope he lives forever. You, you, you try to keep a hold of these things, but, uh, you know, God bless everyone who's, uh, you know, was involved with Secretariat and all the families as we remember those great old days of 1973. Yeah, I, I was blessed to meet Charlie Davis at Secretariat Day down in uh, Paris, Kentucky, and uh, uh, Ron Turcott was there. I got a, a picture of the two of them together. It was pretty cool. He was a character. He just he, he greeted everybody, talked to everybody. But like you said, you know, it's uh, not getting any younger. You know, he he was no, seventy eight. No. Yeah, there but a while. the grace of God, right? <laughs> All right, now listen. Tell me a little bit about uh, you know Brent Musburger. Uh, you know he was you know on my tv every weekend haven't seen that much of him uh what tell us more about working with him and, and what your role is in the company well i've been the co-host with him on the shows uh, since we started a year ago and i've known brent for 25 years we started working together on his radio show on espn radio the old sports beat show and i was uh, I would write a lot of his material, research a lot of his material, and we became pretty good friends uh, rather quickly once he figured out I was a gambler. And uh, so from that <laughs> point on, we had a, we struck a kinship. And when he and his family were starting VSIN, they uh, I was in touch with them even before the seed actually uh, took flower. As they were telling me about this concept, would I be interested? And I said, yeah, keep me posted. And this goes back a couple, well, now three years. And uh, so I was actually out of contract. I was uh, working uh, in New York and was working as a freelancer. I was out of contract from a place where I had been working. And so I was uh, at WFAN and CBS Sports Radio 
and a WINS radio, uh, doing a lot of work there, but it was all freelance work, and I was looking to get back full-time into sports and certainly uh, an opportunity to work with Brent again. I just was salivating at that opportunity, and so uh, I jumped at that. And he's, he's what you see. What you see on the air is what you get in real life. And he's, I got to tell you, if you ever come to Las Vegas and you come by our studio at the South Point, uh, he is uh, always available to take selfies and take pictures and sign autographs and talk and chat and and have a beer with you and and uh, it's a he's probably the greatest uh, asset now that's come to Las Vegas in the last year in terms of just being a very welcoming individual. That's great. Well, listen, uh, what, what's uh, what's a day in the life of uh, Ron Slatter now? Well, this week I've, I've got the week off. I was covering the Pegasus and then the Super Bowl right after that. John, imagine packing for South Florida and Sub-Zero Minnesota in the same trip. Uh, that's a packing <laughs> That's a packing challenge. So I just got back from that, so I've got the week off. I'm just doing the podcast and the column this week. But normally my day is spent researching a lot to get ready for hosting, and then we, uh, we're kind of on our toes having to talk about not only the angles – of games and how they may turn out, but how you apply them to betting. And so you sit there and say, all right, for instance, the Super Bowl, all right, you think, did you think New England was going to win? How many points are you willing to lay? And if you're not willing to do that, how are you going to play any tease options? If you want to uh, lay fewer points, or if in fact you want to get points, you want to tease it the other way, you want to go ahead and go the over-under, all of those things. We're constantly researching that. Multiply that through by college basketball, NBA. We're moving ahead. Baseball season win totals are out now. And so the day is spent largely trying to keep up with all of these things that are developing as seasons roll along. And now you throw in horse racing as well. And I find myself just, if not for labor of love, the uh, opportunity to try to fill the material on the podcast and the column, keeping track of everything from Kentucky Derby preps to what's going on here with the NHC. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Tell me, so w- what's your role? Uh, you know, uh, you know, paint the picture for us at the NTRA National Horse Players Championship. Well, we're right. I'm right. Actually, sitting right outside the Treasure Island Ballroom, where the uh, last chance to get into the contest. They just had a day of handicapping, and they crowned a winner here, um, and by the name of I'm trying to look across the board, Frank Storm. I think his name is. Anyway, he just won. His, the last seat into the contest here. There are wow. over 700 entries into this contest, counting double entries because you have a maximum of two. It's going to involve more than 570 horse players who have won their way into this contest. And it is a mythical win place contest. So basically, you're going to handicap about 58 races over the course of the next three days, starting tomorrow. Uh, handicapping it with a $2 mythical win place opportunity. No exacts, no trifectas, no horizontal betting. You can only, it's an individual race and you're handicapping it. And whoever winds up with the biggest bankroll out of that winds up winning this contest in $800,000. They also pay down uh, a certain number of places. I think the top 10% out of the 700 entries or therefore about 70 entries will get some money in this contest with that top prize being 800,000 and the total pool being nearly $3 million. But imagine this huge ballroom. There are 60 tables here, eight players at every table. Then they have another room where they've got to have all the spillover. And for two days, it's all in. 
and everybody's going to basically bet on about 36 races over the next two days. Some of them are designated that they have to bet. Others, they can choose whatever they want. They'll narrow it down to the top 70 for Saturday, and then the first part of the day, they can bet any races they want, and then they'll cut it down to the final 10, a table of 10 for the final races, and I think there are seven or eight mandatory races at the end of the day on Saturday that will determine who wins the $800,000. It'll be, it's, it'll be like the biggest race book in the country. It'll be loud. There's big screens everywhere. Everybody is glued to these big screens, certainly, for the mandatory races. And you're going to hear this place sound like a football stadium during the course of the day. <laughs> that is great. Well, we've been blessed to uh, uh, find out about uh, Ron uh, Slatter. Uh, I, I learned a lot about you. Hey, and in one shameless active self-promotion tell people <laughs> where they can listen to you when they want to well i'll tell you the, for the first place will be tomorrow morning we will post uh, the ron flatter racing pod at vsin.com vsin.com or if you go to apple uh, podcasts or google play music and all all the places you find podcasts it'll be there and we'll preview the nhc also go to vsin.com for my racing column and then uh, next week when i'm back at work in the studio I'll be on, uh, Brent's actually on vacation to Australia. He's going to go watch Winks run this weekend at wow. Randwick in Sydney. So That's he and great. Ronnie are down there. So he gets to see the great mare run now that Hugh Bowman's back on the mount. So uh, he'll be down there. And in the meantime, I'll be, I don't know, I, I got to see what my schedule is, but I'll be on shows during the course of the uh, time Brent's back in March. But uh, normally I'm on with him. And uh, anyway, just come to Sirius XM Channel 204 and you're uh, more apt to stumble upon me uh, than you are to miss me. All right. Thanks so much, Ron Slatter, for filling in. And thank you to Jenny Reese for, for, for helping me get Ron. What a great guest. And uh, Ron, tell Jenny I'm not picking up her whole tab, but the next couple beers are on me. That's right. Bud Lights are rolling. And uh, I will <laughs> tell her, John Engelhart says the tab is on you. No, 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 not the tab, not the tab. Just the next couple well, rounds. Sorry. I couldn't, I'm sorry, I'm going in a tunnel. I'm going in a tunnel. <laughs> I'll see you, Ron. Thanks a lot. All right, John. Take care. I'll see. Okay. Ron Slatter from Vegas. What an entertaining guy. Thanks, Jenny, for coming up with a guest at the last minute. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, right now, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with Ray Alsenar. Uh, the, the pressure's on him. He's trying to be a two-time winner, but he's playing against the best in the world. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and it doesn't get any better than this when you're talking to the Horse Player of the Year, Ray Arsenault. He now has an Eclipse Award as Horse Player of the Year, was awarded at the ceremonies uh, uh, down at Gulfstream Park, and uh, he's back in the game. He's back there to defend his championship. I do believe there's a nice little bonus on the line should he repeat. It's not going to be an easy task. I mean, not only are there going to be 500-plus guys he's playing against, but there's 11 other past winners that have qualified. Uh, Paul Maddies, John O'Neill, Jose Arias, Michael Baychock, John Doyle, Brian Troop, John Conti, Richard Goodall, Stanley Bavlish, Steve Wilson Jr., and Judy Wagner. Uh, these people are quite talented handicappers, but hey, they got it outplayed by Ray Arlson or last year maybe they can this year ray thanks so much for spending some time with us i know you got a lot of homework to do yes uh no problem john uh we just finished the last chance contest uh about an hour ago so i just came up to the room to relax and uh i'll get back at it shortly i gotta do saturday's handicapping so. Well, we'll 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 try to make it a relaxing experience here. It's just two horse players Great. talking about racing, no pressure at all. But uh, I, you know, my favorite thing is finding out about how people first got turned on to the sport. And uh, you and I are the same age. Uh, I started as a, as a little little kid running around Saratoga where my brother worked. Uh, give me your background in the game. Yeah, I, I started uh, when I was probably about nine or ten i used to go down to greenwood in toronto and uh hang around there watching the horses when you know my dad did the betting and and then uh as i got a little older high school i started going myself mostly back then was harness racing and uh and then in the 90s uh i started uh with a buddy of mine playing uh, thoroughbreds and haven't looked back. Uh, now, uh, being from Canada, do you have a, a favorite track up there? Well, Woodbine is uh, pretty well the only track now. They they tore down Greenwood well, 20 years ago and built uh, housing on it. So 
it's basically Woodbine, and I go a couple of times a week. So it's a nice place. Great turf course. Good racing. Well, you know, I, I had Sandy Hawley on a couple months ago. I had met him down mm-hmm. where they unveiled the new drawings of what the plans are for Woodbine. My God, that place is mm-hmm. going to go through the roof. Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to that. It's been a long time coming. So it, uh, be, that entertainment center they're building is going to be one of a kind. So, And the track itself uh, will get some uh, work done on it. And and they're going to put in a, a new turf uh, course on the inside where the harness racing yeah. used to be. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Warriors. So, yeah. So it should be a lot of fun because a lot of people like turf races to get on. And I prefer turf than dirt myself. Well, uh, Ray, I, I know that, you know, you, you do have a, a real-life job as, as a transportation broker, but... Uh, describe to me kind of your evolution of handicapping the horses. Obviously, you've become an outstanding handicapper. Uh, Describe how you started and, you know, we all learn from our mistakes and and then how maybe you pick up a rhythm of what you feel most comfortable with uh, to get you home a winner. It might not be one day. It might not be, you know, one race. But over the long term, to describe how you started to feel like what your strengths were. Well, as I've been mentioning most of the year, I'm not a favorite player, so I uh, I look for value in every race. So I'm playing horses that are uh, five to to anything. I have no no issue betting a horse that's fifty to one or eight to one. So, but I I tend to lay off the races where I think the favorites unbeatable, so I don't. Uh, dive into those races and in the contests too that's uh basically what i do try to find where the value races are and uh hopefully the horse i come up with is uh the winner and last year happened to be uh quite a few on the saturday that came in for me so <laughs> yeah but, yes yeah, they did pretty good yes it was uh, quite exciting yeah so now, i'm hoping but- this year i'll find a few of them too you there, Frank? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I must, mm-hmm. I must know a Frank Arsenault because I keep calling you that. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but w- what I'm saying is, is I mean, uh, did you? Did, did, all right, you started going to the track as a kid, and then you involved, you evolved. But I'm just trying to say, as far as how you look at a race now, how did that evolve? I mean, are there? You, you mentioned that you like grass races. Are there certain races that you'll mm-hmm. find yourself leaning towards more than others? Yeah, pretty well. Mostly grass races and uh, good high-level claiming races I like on the dirt. But uh, I started just as a $2 better back when. And when I came to Vegas with my buddy in 96, I believe, we were at the MGM. And uh, I saw this guy screaming at the TV. He was yelling at the horses and he was dressed in a suit and my buddy and I are going, wow, this guy's hitting winners left and right. So we went over and asked him what, you know, what was his, his thing. And he said uh, that he had the software that he made. So we sat with him for the rest of the day and we ended up uh, going to his work the next day and purchasing the software, went out and rented a computer 
at the store back then never had a computer and uh, <laughs> we played for four or five days here and and I fell in love with the program and I still uh, use it now it's called black magic and recently just came out with a new one called value capper so I use that and the PPs as my as my tools and uh, my angles I like Anything new where, you know, a horse is uh, changing surface, getting blinkers, getting uh, gelded, certain things like that. That's my strong one. Well, I, I saw that uh, in, in your recent interview, and I found that to be to be very uh, interesting. And I've, I've started to look at races in the same way, maybe some of the races, if we get a chance to look at after our break here, uh, there's a couple horses in here and say, man, I know Ray cashed a big bet on this because there was a huge change. <laughs> the horse went off at six to one. I'm thinking he bet this horse. I'm going to have to ask him. Now, l- let me ask you, you know, as far as changes are concerned, uh, do you look at, I-, I know you mentioned surface changes and distance changes. Uh, what about, uh, rider changes yeah i'm i'm big on rider changes yeah uh, i look at the percentage of the of the jockeys and unfortunately there's a lot of them out there that have very low percentage so when they put on a a better percentage jock 10 or over i tend to really take a look at the horse that's a that's a good one too for me good angle you know i know when we started out you know, we may have just had a program in our hand until we were lucky enough to get it, you know, peek at dad's racing mm-hmm. form. But it, it's amazing how much information that has been added as far as, you know, trainer's success with a layoff, trainer's success on dirt, turf, routes, graded stakes. Uh, also, you see the jockey trainer uh, percentages. Uh, how much attention do you pay to those stats? Well, I do only look at the PPs, so I don't. If I was a formulator user, I would probably look at all those stats. But I, I'd stick with the program. So I look at the the trainer's record. You know, the layoffs and first time starters, how they do. So you get to know the trainers uh, how they how they bring their horses to the races. Uh, you know like maidens uh some guys don't go first time some do so yeah it's uh but i just look off the pps all right another question i had for you because uh you know obviously you see it every day particularly if you're you're a a, a, a turf player is uh pedigree yeah i I, I do. My program uh, gives uh, like a Tomlinson number, so I look at that uh, on my Black Magic program, and I tend to like their numbers. It was a guy named Dan Sierra that put these uh, numbers together years ago, and I uh, tend to look at them more than I do at the Tomlinsons. But they've they've been quite successful too with the breeding, and yeah, I, I, I mean- like certain breeding certain uh horses uh for the turf and you know like spites town i like that horse can run his horses can run on anything so 
So, yeah, so basically uh, I go with the numbers that Black Black Magic gives me. (laughs) Uh, So are are you more a straight better, exact a better, try cross-racing wagers, uh, or does it change up? No, pretty well. uh, Win better and uh, exacter and the odd try. And I partner up with my buddy who plays strictly uh, pick threes and pick fours. So I leave that to him, and I just try to hit the exactor or, or a nice win bet. And because I play long shots, I, I don't get a lot, but when I do, it pays off. It does. It makes up for the ones you didn't win. Uh, we are exactly. talking mm-hmm. to, to Ray Arsenault. Uh, he's the uh, Right now, the reigning champion handicapper. He's going into the NTRA National Horse Players Championship this weekend. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and we come back. Uh, Frank and I are going to talk a little bit more about handicapping strategies and maybe look at some specific races that are going to be on Saturday's card. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Ray Arsenault, uh, the... uh, uh, reigning champion handicapper in America, and he was recognized at the Eclipse Awards. Ray, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you you're used to taking center stage. What was that experience like down at the Eclipse? That yeah, was a great uh, night. Uh, but you're right. I, I'm not a guy that likes center stage, so I like to stay in the background. But it was fun. It was nice to uh, to get dressed up and uh, had a a great table of friends uh, with me that night, my wife and my good friends, and it all went great. Yeah, it was a great experience. So I hope I well, do it again next year. You know, I, 
I know some guys have a hard time getting out of the house to tell their wife that they're going out handicapping, but uh, with some of the paydays you've had, the miss has got to be pretty good with you uh, <laughs> heading out to the track on a Saturday. Yeah, she doesn't mind. She never ever said anything about uh, me going to the races or my gambling. And when I started the contest game back in uh, 2004, and uh, I did well. I came to Vegas at a great time, and then I, I won a contest at the Orleans in 2008, and I got the check, and I came home, and I said, so here, how much can I have keep? And she said, keep it all. It's yours. So any money that I've won, she's never uh, she's never asked for any. So it's it's been great. Uh, yeah, so. Well, really not, I'm, sh- I'm sure it's paid a few house bills and, you know, has, has helped because you, you've made some, some major hits. Well, one of the things they say that, you know, once you inherit, you know, that mantle as horse player of the year, that you kind of become an ambassador of the sport and you're being one tonight by being with us on, on winning ponies. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I saw somewhere during your recent interview where, um, when you're mentoring new players, um, what quick hit advice do you have for them? Well, especially the ones that were are coming here for the first time, I just uh, would tell them just uh, stay within yourself, and you know you're going to be a bit nervous. It's uh, really overwhelming here uh, with uh, 700 people and the place going crazy. It's like you said, being at a football game, and uh, uh, just. Uh, give them some of my angles uh, what to look at uh, and you know everybody reads the program differently so I just tried to uh, you know help them out they ask some questions so I give them some uh, my advice so, and they're going to well, be some I, good handicappers down the road I, well I, I, I do are. I do <laughs> oh, oh yes oh yes it's mm-hmm. uh, I now, is there a sense of competition or camaraderie at a competition like this? Oh, there's it's both, but mostly uh, camaraderie. It's uh, amazing the people that I've met and you know that we talk about different uh, horses. We sit together. I handicap with a couple of guys uh, early in the morning before the contest starts, and we we talk about the horses. Nobody's afraid to tell. Uh, anybody because like i said most most handicappers they have an idea who they like when they're going in into bet that day and uh if i say i like this horse they'll take a look but if it's not on their radar they uh they stick with their own but uh i've i've gotten winners and given some nice winners to my buddies here so it all works out that's great well um i don't know if you had a chance or not i i, I picked a couple races out and uh I, I mm-hmm. asked if maybe you could take a, a peek at them. One of them is a points race uh, for the Kentucky Derby, and that's the, the Sam Davis at Tampa Bay. Um, and mm-hmm. I know you're a guy that likes to shy away from the favorite, but I cannot get away from what would be my mother's hunch bet of the day, Catholic boys, and she raised six of them. Um, mm-hmm. it, this just <laughs> seems like a too. horse. <laughs> This just seems like a horse that's constantly, you know, if you're a believer in the buyers, which I am, just seems to get better and better and better. I mean, okay, so throw out the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Also, 
using Frank Arsenal's uh, mantra of looking for a change, a horse that switched from turf to dirt comes back and scores at the Remsen at four to one. Were you on that race, Frank Ray? No, no. When he won, when he came back, no, I, I, uh, I, I don't see. I, I like, I love watching him, seeing who's what horses are, you know, getting uh, prepared for the Derby. But uh, it's not my kind of race because I, I actually came up with the six Catholic boy here. You know, he's got uh, this great young trainer, uh, Thomas uh, Jonathan Thomas. Sorry who uh, used to work for Todd Pletcher. So uh, he's got some nice stock and uh, I just, I couldn't get past him either. So I think he's, uh, he looks like a sure bet, but I won't be playing this race in the contest. Definitely. Yeah. So when you do see a standout like this, it's time to just turn the page and, and, and go on to another one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the race, but, uh, it should it should be a good one. Uh, five is a nice horse, and Pletcher's uh, horse is undefeated. And you know if he can do that horse, he won the hole at Bill the other day. That Audible, he's uh, going to be a nice one. So anything yes. Pletcher sends out, it's very good. So, so it should yeah, be I a just, good race. Mm-hmm. I, I I wonder what the over under is on Pletcher and Tappets in the Kentucky Derby this year. <laughs> Yeah, really, eh? <laughs> yeah, he'll have a few. So. <laughs> he will. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the only horse, and knowing that I was going to be interviewing you, that I was going to ask you about was Flame Away, who's doing mm-hmm. something different, uh, put in a very impressive race in the uh, the Kitten's Joy, but last uh, two races on the turf, has raced on all different kinds of surfaces, but, you know, is now a, a winner at Gulfstream, but it was on the turf, and now it's moving to the main track at Tampa. I didn't know if you gave that horse a second look. Well, I did take, I, I took a look at him. Mark Cassie, he's, you know, right up there with, uh, not not right up, well, I, I think he's right up there with Pletcher and uh, yeah. Chad Brown. So uh, anything he throws at you, you know, you definitely have to take a look. And like you said, this horse has been on many surfaces. And, uh, you know, he went in slop, he wins in turf. He didn't have a a great race when he ran against Hollywood Star back there, but uh, yeah, he's come back to work that bullet uh, on January twenty seventh. That minute uh, breezing, so he'll have him ready. So he could be a a price that I, I'd look at, but like I said, I, I can't get past Catholic Boy. No, well, uh, I've only got, I believe, about a minute left. So real quick, if you got a chance to look at the Gulfstream Park turf, I found this race interesting mm-hmm. that both Todd Pletcher and Chad Brown have two horses uh, that are grade one winners in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, for uh, Brown, it would be Kurilov. Uh, for Pletcher, it was High Happy. Do you see anybody here that floated at the top for uh, Ray Arsenal? I, I would... Actually, there I go again with uh, Jonathan Thomas on this horse, March, who's uh, you know was running real big in, the, in the 2015, and then he's had issues, but he came back pretty good uh, that last race, and uh, for a price, he would uh, he would be something to look at. I still think uh, the five horse money multiplier uh, is the class of the race, and. Uh, 
he he could be tough with Chad Brown uh, getting his horses ready. Well, Ray, my producer's telling me it's time to go. I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us. And let me tell you, I'm wish you nothing but the best of luck in the NTRA National Horse Players Championship, my friend. Well, I appreciate that, uh, John, and uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, I hope everybody uh, out there is going to follow along on NTRA.com on the leaderboard. And uh, hopefully... uh, I'll be able to get through on the 10% and uh, have a good day on Sunday also. So it's just exciting. Can All wait. right. Thanks a million. That was Ray Olsen. I'm John Engelhart. That's another edition of Winning Ponies. A-Rod, take it away. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.